Jason Olborn is a former TV producer who is now a citizen journalist with an interest in unearthing hidden facts from official data, such as Australia's TGA COVID-19 vaccine safety reports. Jason, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be back on the show. Vaccination rollout remains the government's highest priority. What's showing up in the statistics and what is challenging the narrative? Look, Mike, it's uh, it's a really good question as we uh, all seem to be back onto another pathway of good old hive-mindedness where we're going towards this magical 80% mark that's going to allow Australians, you know, back out into the world. Um, I think it's prudent, therefore, that we do some modelling of our own compared to what the Australian governments are telling us. And so what I've done this week is gone to a different island nation. In fact, I've gone to Singapore and I've uh, got delivered some uh, pretty interesting numbers there. And if you just uh, indulge me for just a moment, I'm going to try and read off them because there's, there's, it's, it's just incredible. Um, if you go back to April 1, 2020 in Singapore, that was uh, the very beginning of COVID. That's when they hit their first 1,000 cases and they registered three deaths by that stage. By uh, July 31, 2020, you're now four months into the pandemic and Singapore had now registered 52,205 cases and 27 deaths. Fast forward until July 1, 2021, a full 11 months. And this is when the vaccine rate of double dosage really started to ramp up during the month of July of this year. And by July 1 of this year, um, vaccinated rate in double dose in Singapore was up to 37%. By that stage, they were at 62,589 cases, which means that in 11 months, they had accumulated an average of 944 cases a month in the period where there was no vaccination between July and January, and, and vaccination only started in January of 2021 in Singapore. In one month from July 1 to July 31, the double vaccination rate in Singapore jumped from 37% to 60%, which is a big jump and probably the biggest single month jump. But what we also saw in that period was that the increase in case numbers jumped 2,392. So it means that the average in the months leading up to that was 944 a month. And immediately in this big surge in double vax, it went to 2,392. Now, let's just drop that just for a moment there. The deaths at that point were 37. So they had 10 deaths um, uh, in this period. Now, jump ahead to September 26, when I was compiling the latest statistics for today's appearance. And the case numbers have jumped from 64,981 all the way up to 87,892 as of yesterday and 78 deaths and a further 22,911 cases in that roughly eight-week period, which takes the case numbers per month from 944 last year per month to this year 11,456 per month. Now, that's at a double vaccinated rate, Mike, of 82%. And as I was collecting the figures, I hit the refresh button and the 27th of September figures came through and they blew me away even more. In one day, two more deaths, that's fairly normal, 
Uh, however, 1,647 cases in a day in Singapore at 82% double vaccination rate. So if we were to recap and summarise what Singapore has just told us, in the year July 31, 2020 to July 31, 2021, there were 12,776 cases or roughly 1,065 per month. In the past eight weeks when vaccination rates jumped from 60% to 82%, the double vaccinated rates increased 24,558 cases or 12,279 per month. That's a 1,200% increase in cases per month this year. Deaths have jumped from 37 in July 31, 2021 to 80 in just two months. That's a 116% increase in overall deaths during the entire COVID period, just in the last two months when we've seen double vaccination rates go from 60 to 82%. These numbers are incredible. 97.6% of all vaccinations administered in Singapore are mRNA, that's Pfizer and Moderna. What these numbers are telling us is that the modelling that Australia is relying upon is absolutely flawed. The vaccine is doing the opposite of what they're telling us it's going to do. And I'm very, very nervous about this so-called um, converging date of December 1 when all society gets back together in New South Wales because the figures between October 11 or 14 when they get back into the let the vaccinated people out to December 1 are going to explode. Whatever cases we have when we start, they would have doubled by the time we get to December 1. I'm very nervous. Can you tell me, Jason, though, what are we seeing in the Australian statistics about vaccine compliance? Mike, this is a really interesting question because when you're on the stats daily looking at both health.gov.au and, of course, the tga.gov.au and you're trying to collate what's happening in terms of the numbers of vaccinations between first and second dose... So it would seem logical that as we are approaching the 80% cutoff that has been touted as the magic number for Australia, it would seem that first dosages would start to slow and second dosages would start to speed up as those are willing to comply would be doing it. But in fact, the numbers are, are the opposite. Uh, from the 1st of August up until um, the 20th of September, it turns out that only 89% of those who have had their first jab are turning up to take their second jab. And this has been verified week by week during those periods, and it's very consistent in the 89% uh, marker, which means that 11% of people are choosing not to go back for their second jab. Now, if you then collate that to this promise now in New South Wales that 1st of December we all merge without vaccine passports, it's very clear now that those that haven't had their uh, second jab will be thinking that maybe I don't need to get one. I've just done what I needed to do to satisfy whether it be my school, my job, uh, whatever it is that I'm involved with. And I'm expecting to see that number drop off even further. So if the statistics do go the other way, I will be very suspicious and will be looking for other markers to show me what's actually going on. Now, it turns out that uh, someone sent to me in my inbox today, just a reminder, in fact, from the TGA's own website, whereby they were asked, is the COVID vaccine, was it rushed to market? Well, the uh, health.gov.au says that the TGA follows all available data that's available to them, and they don't even have a, an emergency process. They simply go off the best available data and approve accordingly. Well, interestingly, if that's the case, TGA, how come you take your 
cues from the FDA in the United States, who has now told us that they're not going ahead with the third jab, in the same week that Scott Morrison has gone out and ordered 85 million doses of a booster or third jab. So that narrative doesn't stack up. And furthermore, we are holding a document that is available online, and it simply says what happened in the Freedom of Information request, whereby it was asked from the TGA, what data did they actually look at when they decided whether or not the Pfizer vaccine would be approved? And on two counts, the TGA admitted that they did not look at the raw data, nor request the raw data, nor set up a committee to do either. So the TGA is really skirting with the truth at the moment, and health.gov.au is certainly helping them, and the numbers are no longer rock solid by what they're putting out. We have a right to be sceptical and demand answers from out these institutions. Why would you order 85 million booster shots if now how many do we have in australia we have um we'll just say round figures 27 million so why would you want twice or three times the number of the booster shots unless (laughs) unless there's more than one booster required this is the uh this is the magic number right Mm. so we've seen we've seen a number of different scenarios bandied around by politicians both in australia and around the world look um Dan Andrews came out and said recently that uh, this won't be a vaccine passport, this will be a booster passport. So that suggests that there's going to be one booster and then more to follow. Mm-hmm. And Kerry Chant herself actually suggested that uh, it will be uh, rolling boosters. And over in the United States, only a matter of uh, two or three months ago, there was Biden banding about the idea of five boosters a year. So that's one every 2.4 months or every 10 weeks. So um, this booster scenario, if there is no vaccine passport system, is going to fall dead in the water Mm. because nobody is going to subject themselves to having a booster every 10 weeks just to keep the government happy. What are the latest numbers from the vaccine injury reporting uh, from the TGA? And how does this relate in terms of heart issues such as cardiac arrest and uh, myocarditis as examples? Well, Mike, look, um, brilliant question. And uh, it's really important here because a lot of us are doing um, uh, a lot of investigation with the TGA and we're just not getting the, the, the information that we require. So it's taken course for me to actually call them on, on, on more than one occasion and ask them some questions. However, the data that we normally look at each week for the uh, adverse uh, events following immunisation reporting tells us that we're at 556 reports of death post-vaccination caused by the vaccine, yet only nine of them ruled to be actually caused by the vaccine. So 547 deaths post-vaccination have been ruled coincidence. We'll see the other great coincidence is that mm. there is a um, on the TGA's own website to go in and do your own uh, research on the individual vaccines themselves. There is a database of adverse event notification. And on there, you can actually search for all COVID-19 vaccinations in Australia. And uh, they're actually um, they've got three listed there. And when you go through that, it lists all of the adverse events and also, of course, all of the deaths associated with those adverse events. And when you add them up, Mike, 
you're not talking about 556. As a matter of fact, you're well over 1,100 deaths that have been reported. So again, the TGA is somehow diluting this number or subtracting this number from an, from uh, their count. And when you're looking closely, over 75 of those deaths, according to uh, vaccine uh, adverse injury, are due to respiratory uh, problems and 57 of them due to heart attack. Now, that's quite a large number to have them all entirely ruled out as not being caused by the vaccine, but simply by coincidence. Now, as it turns out last week, uh, talking to people that I know, uh, I've heard of multiple deaths amongst 40-somethings who have had sudden heart attacks and have left widows and children at home. These have or have not been reported and are certainly not showing up in the statistics. But amongst people that I'm hearing from of all ages and in particularly much younger, we're hearing of a lot of deaths related to the heart that are certainly abnormal and way, way unusual for the situation, except for what we're seeing right now. And that makes me very, very nervous indeed. Before we go, um, somebody wants to find out more about what you do, which is very honourable. How do they do that? Well, Mike, uh, I'm operating a, uh, a website now, worldseriesnews.com.au, where I um, focus a lot on the statistics and we are branching out into other areas, including different analysis of the geopolitical spectrum. Um, and also we're doing a lot of work on our sister website, um, amillionmums.com, which uh, primarily is focusing on a million mums for informed consent which is how do you stand up against a government intent on instituting compulsory medicine when we all know that medicine is not compulsory but is done through informed consent, meaning it's your choice. Mm -hmm. We have a number of different resources on that website, not just in, in terms of um, informed consent, but we provide now uh, good legal information. We've interviewed uh, a very good paralegal on a, on a, a wide range of topics which is very important, and we have some amazing resources in homeschooling, which still remains to be the number one resource that um, nervous parents are looking for on our website. A lot of uh, nervous people around right now. Uh, election coming up, I think maybe a few more in Canberra than there are here. Jason Olborn, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike.